But um, uh, some of the sights were just, get me out of here. Um, it, it, the fourth part of the bad was the advantage that I think got taken of us in terms of shopping. I had no idea that the, uh, the, the, the tour agents over there, or whatever they are, uh, they, they arranged for us to have these, these little stopping places where we were nothing more, it was nothing more than sell, them, sell the Americans some goods. I mean, um, does anybody in here use Ahava skin cream? Well, well, good. Glad to know it. But we, we went to a place where, you know, Ahava is only made in Israel. Did you know that? But you can find it at TJ Maxx because my wife has already. Um, but it's only made in Israel. But, I mean, next thing, I mean, for, we drove up in a bus and pulled up in this park. Next thing I know, I'm watching a, a video on Ahava skin products. And I, how in the devil did this happen? Um, and they took us to this store, and, and I said, you know, these these people would like to shop a little bit. And next thing I know, we're back in a store that we already been into, and and you know, it was. I am going to express my chagrin over the advantage that I think got taken of us in terms of being the rich Americans. So that's the good and the bad. But now we come to the ugly, and this is where uh, you will all get to enter in. I, I'd like you to open your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter eleven. Guys, I, I don't know exactly what day this was. I, I really don't. I, it might have been a day in Israel. I don't think it was because you're so disoriented. I didn't have much of a devotion life in Israel. It might have been the day that I got back. I don't remember when it was. But my time with the Lord was spent in Luke chapter 11. And I came to verse 33. Uh, actually, the whole chapter is baffling um, in, in a lot of ways, trying to put it together. And by the way, I didn't successfully put it together uh, And and spent time in it for like four straight days. But the section that, that kind of overtook me was beginning in verse 33. And I want to read you just uh, four verses. Um, the, no, no one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar under or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad... Your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no dark part, it will be wholly bright, as when a lamp, with its rays, gives you light. I, I wrestled with that text and, and continue to do so, but... Um, Talk to my wife about it a little bit. Look at verse 34. Your eye is the lamp of your body. And whatever it is that Jesus is saying here, he's saying that there's something, uh, there's something about the eye, and I, I don't think he means the optic nerve, but there's something about the eye, there's something about this that if it's bad, then your whole body is full of darkness. Did you see that? If it isn't healthy, you're full of darkness. And and if it's if it's um if it's good you're full of light. Now let me just give you a quick um, and then launch into what I want to say. The the, the, the eye um, that is your eye is the lamp of your body. I don't think Jesus is talking. This is my interpretive comment. I don't think he's talking about just your vision. He's talking about the way you see things. He's talking about a way of seeing, a, a perspective. 
There is a statement um, in, in Psalm 19 where he says, Open my eyes that I might see wondrous things from your law according to your word. So the, the whole idea is that the way I see things is very important because if I see them wrongly, then I'm full of darkness. And if I see them r- rightly, I'm full of light. Now, guys, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, your pastor wrestled with that thing because it scares the dickens out of me. Because one of the things that you get in Israel is, a, is an exposure to people who view things vastly different than you do. You know, I had the same trauma when I went, I've only been twice, but I had the same trauma because you've got, you've got Christians, you've got Coptic Christians, you've got Greek Orthodox Christians, you've got Russian Orthodox Christians, not to mention the um, Islam. And everybody's got this, this slant on things, this way of seeing that they consider to be right. And, and I'm thinking, all right, what about my slant is right and is wrong? Because if my slant is wrong, then my body is full of darkness. And I stand up here and I teach you stuff that may be nothing more than leading you to a body full of darkness. For instance, ladies and gentlemen, you go into the uh, the Church of the Resurrection. I don't know if you know anything about the, that history of that building, but um, uh, Constantine, you know, who is the the uh, the the uh, Roman emperor that pronounced that the Roman Empire was now Christian. Worst thing that ever happened to Christianity when he swept all those pagans into Christ- into the church. But his mother Helen went and made, uh, paid a visit in Jerusalem and found this building that she felt no, no, she found this spot that she was convinced was the place that Jesus was crucified and he resurrected. Now there are people in this room who went on that trip that will tell you that's the wrong spot. They will tell you there's another spot called the Garden Tomb. That's where it really happened. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. But, I mean, I'd be one of them. But Helen was convinced, and so <clears throat> she built this church over this spot where Jesus supposedly was crucified and buried and thus resurrected. Um. And, and then the Muslims swept through there and uh, burned that building down and built another one. And then the Crusades came back and ran the Muslims off and they built another one. And then somebody else came back and swept them out and built another one. And so now what they've got is this giant thing that is all under roof that is supposed to be the Church of the Resurrection where the front door, I might have this wrong, but the front door is managed by the Muslims no, 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 no. The front door is managed by the Greek Orthodox, but the key to the front door is managed by the Muslims. And then nobody can fix anything because they're, they're afraid they're going to step on anybody's, everybody else's toes. And there's a ladder that's been sitting at a window for the last 200 years that nobody will touch. Because they're, they're, they haven't figured out who's in charge. You go into that building, ladies and gentlemen, and you watch things like this. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. There's this spot, and, I, and, and somebody's going to have to help me, but we'll, you can tell me tomorrow night. There's this place, and there's this rock. And I think, I might have this wrong, there is a rock where Jesus apparently, I think this is what it was, where his cross stood in this rock. And it's under this table thing. And people are crawling underneath this table thing, To kiss this rock. 
and you're standing there watching these people crawling or just come out of this little hole and and it's the table and the and there's incense and there's and there's all this spooky stuff and and you think what the devil are you doing under there? Get out from under there. First of all, there's not anybody that can even be certain that that's the right rock. But then the whole idea that I ought to kiss that rock. Tell me, ladies and gentlemen, whose eyes dark there? Mine? Yours? Or theirs? Guys, in my opinion, Roman Catholicism has done such damage not simply, well, uh, let me just limit it to that building. The Roman Catholic Church has done such damage that any kind of spiritual gain, I think, is robbed. Now, having said that, i got to say this. Guys, I am, I am not trying to take a cheap shot at the Roman Catholic Church. That's the issue that, that's one of the issues that we're going to look at in, in January. This is not intended to be a cheap shot at Roman Catholicism. What I want to know is whose eye is healthy? Because ladies and gentlemen, if your eye is not healthy, then what does this text say about you? It says your whole body is full of darkness. How do you like that? I like that. But if their eye is, I mean, if our eye, your eye is healthy, then you're full of light and they're full of darkness. Now let me give you just one example. And then we'll, we'll, in fact, I'll probably return to this in January. But guys, how many of you have ever heard of the treasury of merit? Ever heard of that? It's a Roman Catholic position. Do you know what the treasury of merit is, ladies and gentlemen? Well, let me tell you about the treasury of merit. The reason this comes up, it'll, it'll be clear in a minute. But in Roman Catholic, in Roman Catholic dogma, there is this thing called the treasury of merit. And what it is, is a treasury where people who had extra merit, like, um, lady, I mean, uh, um, sister Teresa, mother Teresa, um, or some of the saints who had extra merit deposited their merit. And so it can be distributed to those of us who may need some of it because we're a little, we're running shy. So they've got a treasury of merit that is available. I and mean, by the way, that, that is not a reformational position. It is a 21st century position. A treasury of merit the, out of which you can draw for those of us who are a little deficient. Now, as I look around this room, most of us are deficient. Now, guys... What, what, what you're seeing and what, what the Roman Catholic Church has said is part of the way that you can get access to some of that treasury of merit is to go to the Holy Land and kiss that blessed rock. Here's my question for you. Is there or is there not a treasury of merit. Somebody's got that wrong.
either you got it wrong, we got it wrong, or they got it wrong. But ladies and gentlemen, can you imagine what darkness comes from thinking that there is a treasury of merit? Huh? Who's got the healthy eye? Guys, you better figure that out. Because if they got the healthy eye, you better get your little body on an airplane and go kiss that rock over there. And if you can visit some of the holy sites, and maybe sprinkle a little incense and whatever you do, man, you're gonna, you can get access to the treasure of merit. You can get some of those years off of purgatory from you. Guys, this is not, I'm not trying to make a cheat. I promise you, I'm... I wrestle with the idea, wait a minute now, I got a responsibility. I got a responsibility to instruct people how to get a healthy eye. Now, either I got to teach you about the treasury of merit, or I got to tell you that's as false as a $2 bill. Somebody's got to figure that out. And so... Constrained by that text. We're going to spend four, five, six, well, I don't know how many weeks looking at Roman Catholicism in January. I don't even want to do it. I, I really don't. I, I, you know, I, I am going to create all kinds of questions. I'll show you one. This is a picture, ladies and gentlemen, a picture. It's laminated. I got it laminated because I... But we'll come back to this. I promise we'll come back to this. This is a picture of the Basilica di Santa Maria Maggiore, St. Mary's major church in Rome. It's a cross outside the door. It's a cross. We like crosses, don't we? We like crosses. Did you hear about the lady that went into the jewelry store and she wanted to buy a cross? And the guy behind the counter said, which kind would you like? She said, well, give me one of those with, that has that little man on it. We like crosses, don't we? Um, we're going to talk about that next week, that is on Sunday morning. But um, there's something really special about this cross because on the front of it is Jesus. And on the back of it is Mary. Have you ever heard of co-redemptrix? Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you. Is Mary a co-redemptrix or not? Who's got the healthy eye? Because if you've got an unhealthy eye, your body, according to this text, is full of darkness. Isn't that what that says? Isn't that what you see there? And I thought, wait a minute. In, in some small little measure, I'm trying to affect how you see. So, gosh, if there's a treasure of merit, Mary's a co-redemptrix, then, you know, then you need to know about it. Don't you think? Don't you think it'd be pretty wise? But if there's not, somebody's got a somebody's got a dark eye. Um, I, I can say to you guys, uh, you know, I'm talking about the good, the bad, the ugly. That church that's really it's at the center of the Via della Rosa. I mean, no, it's not the center. It's kind of the apex of the Via della Rosa. You know what the via, the um, uh, the way of sorrows, the, the the path that Jesus was supposed to have walked. And and I'm telling you, if you if, if you want something almost laughable, 
I mean, try to contemplate and be spiritual on that thing. When, you know, you've got people just knocking you down and they're trying to sell you some little thing over here. And <laughs> to went into one of these little stores on, on some extra time that we had. And they had a display of stuff. And she slipped and knocked the whole thing over. <laughs> that was the Mideast crisis, which she almost caused. But, uh, but I mean, you're walking on these stations of the cross where where Jesus fell and Simon of Cyrene was given the cross and all the space. And then and it takes you up to this, da-da. And I'm telling you, I, I don't, I, I can't speak for all 35 of us, but I, I didn't want to spend much time in there. It was just, what are you doing there? There's two places. There's another place out there, and I don't even know what that was. That was in the front, and people were all bowing down, and they were touching their head to the to the to the to the floor. I thought, what are you doing that for? Am I supposed to do that? Who's got the Who's got the healthy eye? Because, brother and sister, this is not this is not small potatoes. According to this text, did you read it? If your eye's not healthy, your body is full of darkness. So we're going to have to address some of that. Now, here's the last part of the ugly. Islam. Now, guys, let me say this real quickly. Um, What is the guy's name um, who has a daily show? Is it Bill Meyer? Is that his name? M-E-Y-E-R, something like that. Mar? How do you spell it? Uh, is it M-E-Y-E-R? Is that right? M-A-H-E-R? Okay, Mar, where is his name? Uh, did you see he was interviewed by Wolf Blitzer the other, Bitzer the other day? Whatever that guy's name is. Uh, he reminds me of a reindeer. Um, <laughs> um, but Bill Moore had gotten in trouble. And do you, did you see that he got it? Well, two things he got in trouble about: the guy that's the, the comedian that's in the movie called Due Date, this bearded fellow that seems to be he took out a joint and started smoking it. Did you see that? Well, that was part of it. But the other thing he got in trouble was the comment that he made about Islam. Now, Bill Maurer, whatever his name is, he is on one end of the spectrum in every way. I'm on the other. But he and I both agree about Islam. One of the things he got in trouble for, he said, he said, do I have to apologize for the fear that I have that the world's going to be taken over by Islam? He got in trouble for that. And uh, Wolf Bitzer uh, said, you know, I, I'm sure that there's some Muslims that didn't like that. I'm sure they didn't. I can tell you this, I have the same fear. Um, guys, if in January, when I finish this up, If what I have done is fan your fuel, your fires of hatred for Muslims, I have failed you. I am not trying to do that. I'm telling you, if you hate a Muslim, you are wrong. But I'm not trying to address Muslims. I'm trying to address Islam. The system. Now, I'm telling you, they got a way of seeing too. They got a perspective. Are they right? 
Because I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, they are convinced that they are. And they're going to take over the world because they're not afraid to die, and you are. So am I. That is, I I don't want to blow myself up. But I'm telling you, one of the things that you walk away with, at least I did, is that Islam is mean, it's ugly, and it's evil. Let me give you a couple examples. First of all, you know, I went to Israel 12 years ago, whenever I went. The thing that you think about of Jerusalem is the Dome of the Rock. That golden dome on the, on the you've seen the pictures, that golden thing um, that's up on the um, Temple Mount. Uh, and it, when you get up there, you're thinking, oh, hot dog, this was supposed to be the place where Solomon's Temple was built, you know, and all that. And of course, that got torn down and uh, by the Muslims, and then it got rebuilt and got torn down again. And <clears throat> so right now, the place where that Temple of Solomon was supposed to be is managed, is, is that, temp- that Dome of the Rock is over it. There's also a rock in there that is supposed to be the rock on which Abraham sacrificed Isaac. But by the way, Islam, Islam does not say that Abraham sacrificed Isaac. Islam says Abraham sacrificed Ishmael. I mean, which one? Huh? I mean, if your eye is not right, I mean, if you're not healthy, you're full of darkness, folks. But here's my point. Twelve years ago, I went in there and touched that rock. You go around this little circle, and you reach in this little hole, and you touch that rock, and you just keep moving. Well, Islam has decided to close that thing down now. I don't know why. Because they're mean as snakes. And I'm saying, following, um, I don't know what you call it, Quranic law? Quranic dictate? They've shut that thing down. You can't go in there anymore. And... Um, um, there, it, the, the Jewish guy that we had, there is a, right over the, the fence, um, I can still see it, but they, he told us, in, in Israel, guys, if you, if you're trying to build a house, and you start digging, and you run into something, you gotta immediately stop. Cause you gotta go report this dig, and you might have found something, because everything over there has got something underneath the dirt. Um, so you gotta, you gotta stop, and you gotta go report it to the, the Board of Antiquities or something like that, and they got to go to come out and find out whether you've got something really good on your hands. Well, the Muslims are in control of the Temple Mount. Now, do you know what the Temple Mount is? That's supposed to be where Solomon's Temple is, you know, the, the first, the second, the third, you know, right up all there, you know, right there. And they're just digging away and throwing this stuff away. And nobody's going to stop. Our little Jewish God said, nobody's going to stop. But I wish somebody would. I do too. I don't know what they what they think they're accomplishing, but they're they're just digging away and throwing stuff away and and um, shut down the temple mount because of a meanness, just mean. But that the, the the best example is at the garden tomb, and with this we'll quit. Um, the garden tomb, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, I've been there twice. Um, you know, there's this one place over here that they said this is where Jesus was crucified and resurrected. Then there's another place out here that is called the garden tomb, and this other guy says this is where Jesus resurrected. And I and I'm telling you. For, as for me and my house, this was it over here. Now, you can ask the other people what they thought, but I, I thought that the first time, I thought it the second time. Uh, you, have a, you have this line of people trying to get in this one little hole that's supposed to be, the, and you step in there, and I'm telling you, I believe that that's where Jesus was lying, right there on that rock. Uh, but everybody wants to take a picture. Cameras are the curse of Israel now, and, and our people are the worst, worst 
you know, everybody's got to take a pic. You've got a line going from here to Houston High School. And everybody goes in and looks at the tomb. And they come to the mouth of the tomb. There's only one way to get in and out. That one little mouth. And they want to stand and have their picture made. And somebody's trying to figure out the camera, you know, while the line is waiting for you to get out of the way. What <laughs> Anyway. Um, but in this garden tomb, it's a garden. It's owned by the British. The Muslims have built this retaining wall right on the edge of it. And you know what they're putting there? A cemetery. And they've got these minarets stuck all around the garden tomb. And while we were there, they've got these great PA systems. And they are chanting whatever it is they're chanting to whoever it is that they're chanting it to. Um, just so, I don't know, I, I, I shouldn't assign a motive. But it is off-putting to hear all that stuff going on. And um, there's, a, there's one site in the garden tomb that is supposed to, and, and it does look like it. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, the um, Golgotha, the, 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 uh, it's, it's the skull, but is it the face of the skull? The place of the skull. I thought it was the, or the place of the skull. And you look at this thing and you think, that's it. That looks like a skull. Right behind it is this retaining wall that Islam is building. And the guy that was taking us around there said, they may destroy it. Um, we have pictures. But they are undercutting everything that's going on here in the garden tomb. And he was such a sweet dude. He was a whole lot sweeter about it. Although he did say he was confessing his dislike for Islam. So, all I'm saying is, guys, well, two things. That's the other thing that we're going to take a look at in January. Just a few weeks, just to, because here's my concern. Luke chapter 11, verse 33. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of So, my friends, I send you home tonight to ask this. You got a healthy eye? Really? There's a whole world that disagrees with you about the healthiness of your eye. And one of us is full of darkness. And so I think it's imperative that we take a little look at it just so we can figure out what's a healthy eye. Next week we'll come back and start our finish up of Romans 13. And then in January we're going to look at those two issues just briefly. And I hope you understand, I'm not trying to fan flames. If I do that, then I am, I am dead wrong. I have absolutely no right. But I can address issues, not people. Anything other than mercy and gentleness and grace towards an individual Muslim is wrong. But the, but the system, I can attack and I will. And I hope rightfully. Father, I thank you for the privileges that you give us. I thank you for the privileges that I've had. But, oh God, the great privilege is to handle this book. But it is a fearful and dreadful thing to do. Because I could be 
contributing to a bunch of unhealthy eyes. Would you prevent me from doing that? Would you stop me somehow if that's what I'm doing? And then would you help these people that I care about come to the place where they have eyes that are full of light, letting letting into their soul the great beauty and glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We uh, commit ourselves to that, Father, knowing that none of us has got all the answers. But we do have a book that is supposed to train, to train us in the way we see. Help us to do that for Jesus' sake. Thank you and good night.